Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to PurplePTSD.com and Vikings Territory for giving us a chance to post our podcast there. Be sure to go check out the great Vikings coverage over at PurplePTSD.com and Vikings Territory. And we are back to talk about another Vikings win over Miami, 5-1 and one heading into the bye week. And full transparency, I was away on a camping trip, so I didn't actually watch the full game. So we'll be relying on Kyle even more heavily than I normally do uh, to, to break down this game. Um, this season has been really interesting, and, and I guess I'm, I've only watched a little bit of the highlights and just seen kind of the box score, so... I don't really know what happened. Uh, I have a full picture of what happened this game. So I'm going to hit Kyle with a couple questions. Uh, first, I want to talk about the game and what you did like about what the Vikings were able to do. Uh, can, can we reverse that so we start with the negative and go to the positive? We could absolutely do that. Let's let's wow, well, yeah, let's do that. Um, let, let's start with the negative. So what what did you not like about this game? Okay, so first thing I'd say. On the uh, what I didn't like. Sorry about that. One of the one of those days. So what I didn't like was that Tyreek Hill was targeted 15 times. That resulted in 12 catches for 177 yards. Jalen Waddle was targeted 10 times, and that went for six catches and 129 yards. And you know, along with 49. And so we knew that those top two receivers were going to be excellent right or, or that they are excellent they just they move so well and their speed was going to create issues for the vikings but even with their qb3 and then their qb2 created a lot of issues and of course their tight ends had six catches six nine yards and a couple tds and uh he just made it look easy at various points so it was disappointing to see i think uh defensively you only allow 16 points which of course is positive uh but overall, they allowed 458 yards. And so the Dolphins picked up 458 yards. The Vikings only picked up 234 yards, right? So there's a big discrepancy there. And in time of possession, the Dolphins are at 35, 29, 35 minutes, 29 seconds, whereas the Vikings are at 24 minutes, 31 seconds. And so massive, massive discrepancy there in time of possession. The critical difference, of course, the Vikings didn't turn the ball over, whereas the Dolphins did. The Dolphins turned the ball over three times. They had the fumble, a couple of interceptions. And of course, if you look at the penalties, penalties had two penalties, or the Vikings had two penalties for 20 yards. The Dolphins had 10 penalties for 97 yards. And so, especially at the start, Skylar Thompson had Miami in a really nice position to uh, to score, but then there's you know, penalty after penalty. I believe it was five penalties in a row on the same drive for them, really undermined one of their kind of early drives. And that really benefited the Vikings. And so it really was an awful, awful start for the Vikings. I mean, they punted on their first four possessions. And I don't say this um, in any way sarcastically or anything like that. Uh, I think in a lot of ways in that first half and maybe even the game, the MVP was Ryan Wright, their punter. Uh, he was excellent. And early in the game, he had a 73-yard punt, which was just so massively important because, I mean, the Vikings were so far backed up. And then for him him to drill that punt 
uh, which I believe, you know, from the Vikings on end zone, to drill that punt and gain 73 yards of field position was just so critical at that stage because the Vikings were just were not doing much of anything right. And so no, no pun intended on his, on his last name there. So Ryan Wright coming back from week five, he had that one punt and went 15 yards. And then there's a penalty made of the five yard punt, and, uh, and the bears were able to score a touchdown coming off of that. He came out here today and had 10 punts. He landed six of them inside the 20, if I'm not mistaken. And he had a long 73. So I know I'm, 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 I'm taking that negative of all the punts and trying to put a positive spin on it in the sense that Ryan Wright just did. I thought he excellently, he, he did really, really nice. But the offense overall, uh, I don't think was near good enough. And then the defense um, came up with some great plays, but they just allowed far, far, far too many yards, which was very discouraging, I thought. Yeah, so, so a lot of things didn't <laughs> sound like they didn't go well. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, not feel great about the, the yards and the defense, not feeling great about uh, the offense. And, and yeah, like, again, the box score doesn't always tell the full picture, but uh, like the Vikings, from what I can see, only had two drives of more than three plays all game. Oh man, that, that might be, that might be true. I think they might've been, Let's see here. I'm not sure about that. I know they had just consecutive three nets to start the to start the um, the game for a while. I don't know if that's so. If you look at page five on this game book, I see yeah. only two sets of plays that oh. that last. But uh, regardless, it's it sounds like they were quite stagnant. They struggled to move the ball really throughout the game. The uh, the first touchdown drive. It came out for four consecutive punts, and your and that first touch, touchdown was like, freak! Where the heck was this the whole time? And they just made it look so easy. They created feeling, and then Jefferson had a couple of great plays, and you're thinking, my gosh, you know, where was this? Because it was just completely absent. Um, and I mean, to Sam's point, I can't confirm. I'll have to go back and look at that closer. I mean, the Vikings only had 11 first downs yesterday, right? Which is not a lot. You know, the Dolphins had 23. So the Dolphins had more than twice as many first downs. And 18 of the Dolphins' first downs came through the air, came by passing. Uh, so t- to me, it was just far too easy for the Dolphins to pass the ball, even though they didn't have their starter. You know, they began with the backup to the backup, and then they eventually put Bridgewater in because uh, Thompson, unfortunately, got hurt. Um, but man, oh man, is I-, I thought in-, in a lot of ways a rough day for the defense. But I guess, again, if you want to spin this more positively, you know, to their credit, they came up with, I think they had six sacks. Darius Smith had a pair, and Daniel Hunter had one, Patrick Jones had a pair, and Jordan Hicks. And so in terms of our sack counter, we've got three more to add for Smith and Hunter, which, of course, is we're going to need a lot more games like that where they're averaging, you know, averaging, you know three and four or whatever to get us back on track for our target goal of, of, of 30 for the year. Um but Zadarius Smith was very disruptive, very, very disruptive. And Patrick Jones, it was good to see him get a couple sacks as well because um, DJ Wanham was out, so that was more opportunity for Patrick Jones. And um, the dude capitalized, and, and so give him credit. And uh, and then of Harrison Smith, you know, it was really, really nice as well. He had the interception, the forced fumble. Um, Patrick Peterson had some great plays as well. So there's just – there were good things there, but um, 
a lot to fix as well. A lot to fix. If you can keep those big plays, the turnovers, the sacks, but then make it, I, I mean, obviously this is easier than then, but make it far more difficult to, you know, to, to pick up those yards, to hit your tight ends, moving down the seam, to, uh, you know, target your speedster, burn them down the field. Um, there's a long way for this Vikings defense to go. A long, long way to go. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's certainly something. And I think at the end of this episode, we do want to talk a little bit about, um, as we have now reached the bye week, talking a little yeah. about what we're looking for from this team. Um, but let's let's switch over to the positive here. And like again, this is a 5 and one football team who I don't know how many people uh, that were looking at this seriously would have said, you know what, I genuinely believe this team's going to be 5-1. and one. So some, something's, yeah. something's going right here. So... What did go right yesterday? Um, I know you alluded to a few things there as you were talking, but uh, yeah, wh- what do you take from yesterday's game that that gives you some encouragement uh, heading yeah. into the bye week? Excellent work from Ryan Wright. Won't get into that anymore, apart from saying punt coverage, the punter himself. They did an excellent job and was a major part of keeping the Vikings in the game. So credit to Ryan Wright. Uh, after that, an opportunistic defense, you know, getting sacks at critical moments, uh, generating pressure, and of course the three turnovers, uh, obviously hugely important. Um, on a day when the offense was off, uh, Jefferson still went for more than 100 yards. It's extremely frustrating to have these days where the offense is off, uh, and you you know Jefferson walks away with you know a handful of catches for a handful of yards. You know at least he, he still topped 100. And, and he was very important to uh, the little bit of success the Vikings did have offensively. Still, there could be more done when it comes to getting Thielen and Osborne involved and really getting this offense to where it ought to be. Uh, especially, you know, Dalvin Cook, his average looks pretty good in the end because he had that big, long touchdown run. But up, up until the, the late touchdown run, he was basically finding no room at all to do much of anything on the ground. Um, I guess, you know, credit to the offense for sticking with it, I suppose, in some ways. You got to give them credit, I guess, for a certain degree of resilience, keeping after it. And, you know, finally he broke that big long run, right? And and, and, and he scored that touchdown, which ended up being vitally important um, to, the, to the win. I mean, it was, it was a one touchdown game, eight points. That's one touchdown and two-point conversion away. And so uh, I guess, you know, Sam, you said it five and one. Very few people would have guess that i didn't guess that i think both you and i guessed four and two and you and i were both trying to be optimistic i think um so five and one is certainly positive especially since i really don't think you look at this first set of six games and say oh yeah they've they've figured it out they're they've reached kind of like the high point that this roster has reached potential coaches have it all figured out um uh yeah they're like they're they're firing all cylinders I really don't think you could say that. And so the fact that you're still five and one, even though you're really not playing at your best, I think most anyone would agree with that. Uh, that's positive to me um, because they've been able to scrape and claw and fight their way to five and one and still have room to keep growing. That, that to me is room for optimism, a reason for optimism. Yeah. Well, so that's an interesting discussion, I guess. And, and recognizing 
what happened with the game. And I think in some ways we're at a spot now where we are, it's a, it's a natural reflection point of the season. Uh, yes. At the bye week. Yeah. And so I think there's maybe a couple ways of looking at this of, you know what, this team just hasn't seemed to outside of maybe the green Bay game, which I think, again, we could also maybe say was largely due to self-inflicted wounds from the Packers. Uh, this team hasn't looked and put together a real, and again, a complete game is going to be hard, uh, but but they haven't hasn't felt fully together uh, outside mm-hmm. of maybe that game. And again, referring to the self-inflicted wounds. So there's a way of looking at this where you could say, you know what, can only go up from here. Uh, yeah. There's the other side of the coin where someone could say, you know, it's going to catch up to them sooner or later. Right. Right. So wh- where do you sit? Again, I know we try to keep things positive here, um, but like, what's your instinct right now with, with this team? My instinct right now, I mean, so you get this trajectory, like Sam's saying, where they're kind of the five and one, which is an excellent record, but even though they haven't always played excellent football. So either you say, or at least two, two of your options are to say, and once they figured out, they're going to be really dangerous, or this is going to catch up with them at some point, and they're not going to be getting so lucky. Maybe these turnovers don't happen, or these penalties don't happen, or whatever, and then you lose that game rather than win it. My sense right now is that it's going to catch up with them at some point. Uh, and that both has to do with um, I'm, more, I'm more and more concerned about the defense, right? Um, even though they, they did well at limiting Miami's run game, kept them to less than 100 yards, which was excellent. But um, very concerned about the Vikings defense and kind of seeing uh, kind of just seeing that game yesterday, uh, it just seemed far too easy at times for Miami. Um, so I would maybe lean towards more. It's going to catch up with them both because of, you know, some of the stuff we've seen recently, but then also because the schedule is getting harder. Um, yeah, the Dolphins are a good team, but you kind of caught them at this time when uh, their starter was out. Their starting quarterback, I mean, and 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 even their backup didn't start the game. And so you kind of got them at a time when it might have been a bit easier for you and saying, you know, the Bears are not a good football team. And yet that was a close competitive game. You know, and you look at kind of, you work, we could do this for, for most of the games kind of thing. And, and really the one team you'd say is really impressive so far is Philadelphia. And they did not show up in that Philadelphia game. Again, one game, one week, every team has bad games. Every team has bad weeks. I'm not going to um, overreact to that overall. I guess we have to have a positive perspective just given the record, but um, I am the Vikings would be foolish if they went into their bye week with a sense of complacency rather than a sense of urgency. There does need to be a sense of urgency insofar as the schedule is getting difficult, more difficult. The team has a lot to improve on, right? And the NFC is wide open. There is an opportunity here for you if you reach your potential because the Bucks and Rams have stumbled more than expected. Same thing with the Packers. Right. So there is an opportunity for you to be among the top teams in the NFC as uh, we kind of get, you know, into the midway point of the season and then into, you know, the final moments, the playoff race and playoff push. So there really needs to be a sense of urgency. Yes. Give the players some time off. Yes. Recharge. Step away. But when they get back to work, whenever that is, uh, there really does need to be um, 
a real emphasis on correcting these issues, and we can't uh, can't sit back and be complacent by any means. I would I would say, um, but I guess we'll see what it looks like. And you know, in week eight, I believe they have the Cardinals coming up by. So yeah. I'd be very curious to see. Um, you know, this defense struggles with mobile quarterbacks. Kyler Murray moves really well. Um, it will be very fascinating to see what kind of effort we get from that defense, what the offense looks like, you know, and so on and so forth. For sure. For sure. I, and I think um, I certainly see your point in recognizing that there is certainly some concern about if some things don't go the Vikings way, where, where do they sit? I know one of the things that I had come across this week that I sent to you was uh, even the NFL banged up scores rankings. Um, right. Which was right. essentially a, a a type of system that someone's created to figure out kind of how much injuries have impacted a team's yeah. ability to put their best roster out there. And the Vikings are second in the whole NFL, just behind Jacksonville. And I mean, uh, the, the second most healthy, second most healthy. So, so yeah. second most, second best score, which uh, mm-hmm. is a great thing to celebrate while also realizing that um highly unlikely that it's gonna that you're gonna have that throughout the whole season um, yeah so yeah in, injuries happen yeah. yeah injuries happen again though that might be a chance and i think we even see yesterday like you said a, a patrick jones stepping up uh, right doing right. that and like there is that possibility and i know there is there is some key players that still like you think about even this this draft class with lucine uh like i don't know what his timetable is um for returning um that's, that's a pretty significant injury um, mm-hmm. but like i guess there there's a lot of reasons i think we could come up with why things might not go well but it feels like it would be really missing out on fandom of your team to mm-hmm. spend a lot of time worrying and thinking about that uh yeah. like you get so few moments to enjoy and ride the highs of being a fan and enjoying the wins and having your team do well. Uh, if you're sitting there focusing more on the negatives at five and one, then like, what, what do you, what, 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 uh, what's the benefit of being a fan, I guess, in some ways. Um, and I think, I think it's fair to say, you know what, maybe these last four wins have been a little bit of a coin toss and potentially if you really look at, deserve to win if there was a deserve to win meter for for football yeah. maybe there yeah. is uh there's a chance the vikings probably didn't deserve to win at least a few of these games uh, yeah, yeah. I know you might even say i again i didn't watch yesterday but it sounds like maybe yesterday if you look at mm-hmm. of what i've heard you say and you look at the box score maybe this is a game that they didn't deserve to win but mm-hmm. again they did uh so taking all of this realizing you know five and one still a flawed team right now, but also putting it together when it matters most. Uh, What is one specific thing that you are looking for some improvement for, for this Vikings team? Like, it's like, if you know what, if you go in on this bye week and say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to sprinkle some magic or I don't know, just, just, if you could, if you could, kind of come in and, and hire some guru to fix one sp- specific spot of this mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings team, where would you go? Tighter pass coverage. That that that'd be my choice. Um, tighter pass coverage. Uh, 
I don't know if that means more man to man. I don't know if that means uh, more like bracketing the team's number one wide receiver. I'm not sure what that means. Perhaps it means the pass rush, you know, getting home just a beat quicker, half second quicker. Um, as a, and then, you know, that in turn allows the corners, the safeties, your linebackers to not have to cover for so long. This, of course, is all interconnected. As Sam and I have talked about at various stages, how football is so interconnected. Um, tighter pass coverage. This is a team, ideally, that will be difficult to throw the ball on. And so far, that's not been the case, even though they've been playing with such a light box. They've been playing with, you know, mostly two D tackles, a couple outside linebackers, and then two middle linebackers, Hicks and Kendricks. And so they're in, you know, they got their five defensive backs on the fields the vast majority of the time, or at least that was the case after looking at more recent numbers. So they're in a, in a uh, uh, their personnel suggests that they're going to make it hard for the other team to pass the ball. And so far it has not been that hard to pass the ball. And so what I would love to see is, um, you know, taking away teams another one option, right? Like take, taking away that number one receiver, right? Or, or, you know, just making it very difficult to complete the ball at various stages. You know, Justin Fields made it look easy. Jared Goff made it look easy. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had a lot of success. Pass. I mean, there's, there's errors, of course. Yes, the interception, all this thing. But um, there are times it was just far too easy. Tyree Kill, I'm looking at this now. Tyree Kill went into the half with three catches for 30 yards, right? So that is uh, pretty modest overall at the half, you know, especially when you take into consideration that by the time the game was done, he had 12 catches for 177 yards. So, you know, there's, I, I know it's either said that Tyree Kill is very, very fast. He's a good receiver. I get that. Um, but there's no mystery. You know, they know that he's going to be targeted especially since Miami was down. Um, and yet he still was able to find that room and find that success. So I would, that would be my one, if I had like my, my wish or my whatever, this, the defense becomes exceedingly difficult to throw on. And I don't know if that's in the cards for this year or not, but that, that's, that's where I'm at. Do you, do you have one thing that you would kind of say, yes, if we could, th- this one specific aspect of the game would make a massive difference for the Vikings. This is what I'm choosing. Yeah, like I think the easy spot to go is on defense and realizing that I think that's where you'd like for things to be better. I think the pass coverage, that would be my first pick too. Mm-hmm. To maybe switch to the other side and, and go to the offense. I think that uh, one of the things that I have been surprised at that hasn't been established that would like to have more of is, is a really dynamic run game. Uh, like you look at Dalvin Cook so far this season from the numbers I got total 450 yards which is not bad not great yeah um, and then six the, games yeah. right and then you get the next next uh, is Alexander Madison who's averaging 3.2 yards a carry and less less than 100 yards mm-hmm. uh, and I think that what saw in the preseason it felt like one of the positives that it's felt like coming out of the preseason was that it did feel like they had a really solid run game going with a few different options and sure. again preseason maybe you're looking at running the ball more than you are and and with the offensive weapons that this team has with Jefferson with Osborne with Thielen and with Kirk Cousins you I understand wanting to pass more but if you could get have have some games uh, mm-hmm. and really establish this run it just opens things up 
uh, even more so. And so uh, mm -hmm. I think that that would be, uh, that would certainly be a wish. And I was just looking even Kirk Cousins is the third leading uh, rusher on this team with 18 yeah. yards. Uh, so yeah. after, after cook and after Madison, it really dries up. And even with Madison, it's, it really hasn't been there a whole lot. Yesterday, Sam, in the first half, Dalvin Cook had five carries for nine yards. Alexander Madison had one carry for three yards. And so the first half offensive output was a total of 12 yards and six attempts for the rushing attack. That sounds not good. Yeah, exactly. So to, to your point, then, certainly if they would have been able to pick up more chunk yardage, you know, even, even getting four, five, six yards on that first down play or that second down play makes that massive difference. And then, of course, when you start sprinkling in the more dynamic runs that go for longer, um, like you're saying, that makes the offense considerably more dangerous, uh, especially when you consider the receiving weapons they have. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, we can just anticipate that after the bye week, those things will just come together and <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It will be right. rip-roaring. It, it is certainly – it's interesting as you look ahead of the schedule and even what's changed as – like from when we, we did a little bit of a, a preview of guessing the results of each game uh, versus in a, in a win or loss format. Uh, and it's interesting how much things change too, right? Like um, the, the Jets have not looked bad. Right. And, um, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, and then the other side, you've got the Colts who have not looked good at all. Um, again didn't see that coming yeah and then you've got the giants who thought they were going to be bad and i don't i still don't know what i don't they know are. the giants yeah um yeah. again i think as this perspective being the vikings like you can even look at the vikings someone maybe from the outside and being like is that a five and one team or not and i think yeah. you'd be fair to say well maybe not uh yeah, sure, but sure. that's what they are and that's what you you get and uh i think no one's complaining about it so mm -hmm. um yeah, we lead into the bye week, like you said, previewed ahead. Got the Cardinals uh, week eight, yep. and that's going to be an interesting stretch. Uh, and so hopefully some things are able to come together in the bye week and, and launch out from there. And uh, again, if you can keep putting wins on the board, that's going to help tremendously. And like you said, the NFC uh, is certainly – there's not – Outside of the Eagles, um, mm -hmm. maybe there's not a team that feels like they've really uh, grabbed a stronghold of of that that conference, and so uh, we will we will certainly see what happens here. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Interesting though, the the uh, the Vikings are tied right now for second with the Giants for second in the conference. <laughs> Who would have predicted that, eh? Who would have thunk? Um, so we can wrap up there. We're going to take a, a, a break for the bye week too. Uh, teams off. We're going to take take it off too. We'll be back to talk about the Cardinals. Uh, wild update. They're 0-2. It's early. They've let up four, 14 goals, I think, so far in the two games, which is uh, not good. Um, but again, the first couple of weeks of the NHL regular season are usually throwaways anyways. Uh, unless your team's doing well, then then hold on exactly. tight. But, uh, exactly. but uh, you know, that's it from us. We'll wrap up there. Take care, everyone. Enjoy uh, maybe spending some Sunday watching uh, 
other teams or spending time doing something else. We'll be back mm-hmm. to talk about the Cardinals game in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone.